Welcome to this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast, hosted by me, Christina Simmons, who will be your guide for this audio online retreat that's going to be focused upon continuing to help you become the saint God created you to be. This retreat, we're going to be reading from the spiritual classic, The Soul of the Apostolate by Dom Jean-Baptiste Chattard. And it's going to include a brief reflection and daily resolution. It's designed to help you incorporate and live out that wisdom in your daily life. So join with me now as we take our next step on our pilgrimage towards holiness. Hello and welcome to day 44. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask you to open our hearts and minds as we pray this prayer from St. Augustine, our patron and intercessor. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I always may be holy. Amen. Name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today is a practicum. Uh, in which it's section three of part five and it's entitled how am I going to make my mental prayer and what it is is that uh, John Baptiste he takes us through uh, the equivalent of a practicum uh, of where uh, it'll take a little bit of time but it is well worth it's going to be about 10 minutes 12 minutes um, but he takes us through, um, and so without further ado, let me jump into it. How am I going to make my mental prayer? To make a practical application of the definition of mental prayer and the notion of its object, I will follow this logical advance. I will put my mind, especially my faith and my heart, in the presence of our Lord, teaching me a truth or a virtue. I will intensify my thirst to bring my soul into harmony with the ideal under consideration. I will deplore what is opposed to it in me. Foreseeing the various obstacles, I will make up my mind to overcome them. But, convinced that by myself I will get nowhere, I will obtain by my earnest prayers the grace to succeed. I am a traveler, exhausted, breathless. I seek to quench my thirst. At last, video, I see. I see a spring, but it is flowing from a sheer cliff. Scythio, I thirst. The more I look at this limpid water that would enable me to continue my journey, the more my desire to quench my thirst increases, in spite of all of the obstacles. Volo, I wish. At all costs, I wish to reach this spring. I will to make every effort to get there. Alas, I have to admit that I am helpless. Volo, tecum, I wish with thee. A guide comes up. All that is required to enlist his help is that I ask him. He carries me even where the going is hardest. Soon I am quenching my thirst in long drops. And that is the way it is with the living waters of grace that flow from the heart of Jesus. My spiritual reading in the evening, so precious an element in the spiritual life, rekindles my desire for mental prayer the following morning. Before going to bed, I foresee briefly, but in a clear and forceful manner, 
the subject of my meditation, as well as the special fruit I want to draw from it, and in the presence of God I stir up my desire to profit by it. Now it is the time for my meditation. It is my desire to tear myself away from the earth and compel my imagination to present a living and speaking picture, which I am to substitute for my preoccupations, distractions, and so on. This picture will be a quick sketch and a few bold lines, but it must be striking enough to grip my attention and place me in the presence of God, whose activity, which is all love, seeks to surround and penetrate me. Thus, I come into contact with a living interlocutor who commands all my adoration and love. At once, I fall into profound adoration of him. That is obvious, inescapable. I annihilate myself. I am filled with contrition. I make every protestation of complete dependence on him and offer up my humble and confident prayer that this conversation with my God may be blessed. Video. Gripped by your sense of your living presence, dear Lord, and so detached from the purely natural order of things, I begin to talk to you in the language of faith. Faith is much more fruitful than all the analyzing my reason can do, and so I carefully read over or turn over in my memory this point of meditation. Jesus, you are the one who is talking to me in this truth. You are the one teaching it to me. I want to get a livelier and greater faith in this truth which you are presenting to me as a thing of absolute certainty since it is based on your own veracity. As for you, my soul, do not cease to repeat, I believe. Say it again with ever greater conviction. Be like a child going over a lesson. Repeat over and over again that you cling to this doctrine and to all its consequences for your eternity. Jesus, this is true, absolutely true, I believe it. I will that this ray from the sun of revelation shall serve as the beacon of my journey. Make my faith more ardent, fill me with a vehement desire to live this ideal and a holy anger against all that stands in its way. I want to devour this food of truth and make it a part of me. But if after I have spent several minutes in stirring up my faith, I still remain cold to the truth presented to me, no use straining. I will simply turn to you like a child, my good master, and tell you how sorry I am for this helplessness and beg you to make up for it. Sidio. The more frequent are my acts of faith, and above all, the more power they have, and they are a true participation in the light of the divine intelligence, the more intense will be the response of my heart, the language of effective love. Affections, in fact, spring up all by themselves or called forth by my will and are cast like flowers before the feet of Jesus by my childlike soul as he speaks to me. Adoration, gratitude, love, joy, attachment to the divine will, and detachment from everything else, aversion, hatred, fear, anger, hope, abandonment. My heart selects one or more of these sentiments and goes into them in all their depths, tells them to you, Jesus, repeats them to you over and over again, tenderly, with loyal trust, but in great simplicity. If my feelings offer their assistance, I accept it. It may be useful, but it is not necessary. A calm, profound love is much better than surface emotions. These last do not depend on me, and are never a sure standard by which to tell if my prayer is genuine and faithful. But what is always in my power to accomplish, and is the most important thing, is the effort to shake off the torpor of my heart 
and to make it say, My God, I want to be united to you. I want to annihilate myself before you. I want to sing my gratitude and my joy to carry out your will. I want it to be true and no longer a lie when I tell you that I love you and that I hate what offends you and so on. No matter how sincerely I try, it may happen that my heart remains cold and expresses these affections with languor. In that case, dear Lord, I will tell you in all simplicity how I am humbled and how much I desire to do better. I will be very glad to go on for a long time lamenting my deficiency, convinced that by complaining of my dryness to you, I acquire a special right to a most efficacious, though arid, cold and dark union with the affections of your divine heart. What a wonderful ideal is that of which I behold in you, my Jesus. But is my life in harmony with that perfect exemplar? That is what I now set out to discover, under your earnest gaze of my divine companion. Now you are all mercy, but when I come before you in the particular judgment, then at a single glance you will take in all the secret motives underlying the smallest acts of my life. Am I living according to this ideal? Jesus, if I were to die right now, would you not find that my life is in contradiction with it? Good Master, what are the points you want me to correct? Help me to find out the obstacles that prevent me from imitating you, and then the internal or external causes, and the near or remote occasions of my faults. When I see all my failings and my difficulties, O oh my Redeemer, whom I adore, my heart cries out to you in confusion, pain, sorrow, bitter regret, and with a burning thirst to do better, and with a generous and uncompromising oblation of all that I am. Volo, placere Deus in omnibus. I wish to please God in all things. Volo. I pass on into the school of willing. Now it is the language of effective love. Affections have given me the desire to correct myself. I have seen what stands in my way. Now it is up to my will to say, I will get them out of the road. Jesus, my ardor in saying over and over again, I will, springs from the fervor with which I repeat, I believe, I love, I regret, I detest. If it sometimes happens, dear Lord, that this volo does not spring forth with all the power I would like it to have, I will deplore this weakness of my will, and far from letting this discourage me, I will tell you over and over again, never tiring, how much I would like to have part in your generosity in serving your Father. Besides the general resolution to work for my salvation and to progress in the love of God, I will also add another, to apply my prayer to the difficulties, temptations, and dangers of this day. But what I want most of all is to intensify in the fires of a more fervent love the resolution which is the object of my particular examine, in which I concern myself with some defect I need to overcome or some virtue to be gained. I will fortify this resolution with motives drawn from the heart of the master. Like a true strategist, I will be very clear as to the means that will ensure success, anticipate the occasion, and prepare for the fight. If I anticipate some special occasion of dissipation, immortification, humiliation, temptation, or some important decision to be made, I will face the approach of this moment with vigilance, strength, and above all, in union with Jesus, and depending on Mary. If in spite of all my precautions I fall again, 
What a world of difference there will nevertheless be between this surprise fault and my other lapses. No more discouragement now, because I know that God receives more glory from these ever-repeated new beginnings, but which I become more resolute, more mistrustful of myself, and more dependent upon him. Success is to be had only at this price. Volo tecum. To make a lame man walk without a limp is less absurd than to try and succeed without thee, my Savior. St. Augustine. Why do my resolutions bear no fruit? It can only be because my belief that I can do all things is not followed by in him who strengtheneth me. And this brings me then to that part of my prayer, which is in certain respects the most important of all, supplication, or the language of hope. Without your grace, Jesus, I can do nothing, and there is absolutely nothing that entitles me to it. Yet I know that my ceaseless prayers, far from irking you, will determine the amount of help you will give me, if they reflect a thirst to belong to you, distrust in myself, and an unlimited, not to say mad, confidence in your sacred heart. Like the Canaanite woman, I cast myself at your feet, O infinite goodness. With her persistence, full of humility and hope, I ask you not for a few crumbs, but a full share in this banquet, of which you said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Grace has made me a member of your mystical body, and so I share in your life and merits, and it is through you, O Jesus, that I pray. Father all-holy, I am praying to you by the precious blood that cries out for mercy. Can you refuse to hear my prayer? It is the cry of a beggar, going up to you, who are inexhaustible wealth. Hear me, for I am needy and poor. Clothe me in your strength, and in my weakness glorify your power. Your goodness, your promises, my Jesus, and my misery and my confidence are the only titles on which I base my request, that I may obtain, through union with you, vigilance and strength throughout this day. If any obstacle comes up, or any temptation, or some sacrifice to be exacted from one or other of my faculties, some text or thought which I take along with me as a spiritual bouquet, will help me breathe the fragrance of prayer which surrounded my resolution, and once again, at that time, I will renew my cries of powerful supplication. This habit, a fruit of my mental prayer, will also be the true test of its value. By their fruits, you shall know. When I get to the point where I live by faith and in the constant thirst for God, then alone the labor of the video stage of prayer will sometimes be omitted. Sidio and Volo will spring from my heart at the very beginning of the meditation, which will then be spent in eliciting affections and in offering sacrifices, in strengthening my resolute will, and then in begging from Jesus, either directly or through Mary Immaculate, the angels, or the saints, a closer and more constant union with the divine will. Now it is time for the holy sacrifice. Mental prayer has made me ready. My participation in Calvary, in the name of the church, and my communion will follow, as it were, naturally, as a kind of continuation of my meditation. In my thanksgiving, I will extend my demands to all the needs of the church, the souls in my care, to the dead, to my work, my relatives, friends, benefactors, enemies, and so on. 
The recitation of the various hours in my beloved breviary, in union with the church for her and for myself, as well as ardent ejaculatory prayers, spiritual communions, particular examine, visit to the blessed sacrament, rosary, general examine, and so on, will all be friendly landmarks along my road. They will give me new strength and will preserve the initial momentum that began with the morning meditation and will guarantee that nothing escapes the notice, the action of our Lord. Thanks to the momentum, recourse to Jesus, frequent at first and then habitual, either directly or through his mother, will wipe out all the contradictions between my admiration of his teachings and my free and easy life, between my pious beliefs and my actual conduct. At this point, the writer must curb the desires of his heart, which, in its anxiety to be of use to active workers, would like to devote a special resolution at this point to the particular examine. He fears, however, that if he gives in to his notion, he will make the book overlong. And yet the reading of Cassian and of several fathers of the church, as well as St. Ignatius, St. Francis de Sales, and St. Vincent de Paul, persuades us that the particular and general examinations are absolutely necessary adjuncts of mental prayer and are closely linked with custody of the heart. Following the guidance of the director, the soul is now resolved to take a more direct aim in meditation and during the course of the day at some special defect or some special virtue, which is the chief source of all of other defects and virtues. Many are the steeds that draw the chariot and the eye is on them all at once, constantly. Yet, in the midst of the team, there is one that occupies all the care of the driver. In point of fact, if this one charger veers too much to the right or left, the whole team will be thrown off the track. The analysis of the soul by particular examination, to see if there has been progress, regression, or stagnation with regard to a certain specifically chosen point, is simply one of the elements of custody of the heart. And so we conclude our section two, which again was a somewhat lengthy one, but just to be, you know, to remind you, the video is I see, Sitio is I thirst, Volo is I wish, Volo Tecum is I wish with thee. And this is, and then the, the final part of course, is for the use of a uh, particular examination. The general examinations, um, of course, are for uh, preparation for confession, but the particular examination is closely linked with the effectiveness of our mental prayer, of whether or not we are making progress, regression, or stagnation. Uh, especially with regard to a specifically chosen point, like growing in a virtue or um, you know, uh, reducing a defect uh, that we are struggling with. So what is your resolution for today? Reflect upon these parts of the movement of mental prayer and strive in your mental prayer today to see and then to thirst then to wish, and then to wish with God. So that movement is I see, read, I thirst, reflect, volo, I wish, is to uh, relate, and then I wish with thee, um, to rest with God and make a resolution.
So that is your resolution as well. No, my continued thoughts and prayers are with you. Well done for getting through this beautiful, uh, you know, example of mental prayer. And we'll see you tomorrow. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you think of others who may benefit from listening, be sure to share the podcast with them. Until next time, know my prayers for you to be given whatever graces you may need to continue doing whatever it takes on the journey towards holiness so together we can tell the master of death, not today. God bless. Thank you.